Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the morning services. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. The reading is taken from Ruth chapter 4. Meanwhile, Boaz went up to the town gate and sat down there just as the guardian redeemer he had mentioned came along. Boaz said, come over here, my friend, and sit down. So he went over and sat down. Boaz took 10 of the elders of the town and said, sit here, and they did so. Then he said to the guardian redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from Moab, is selling the piece of land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. I thought I should bring the matter to your attention and suggest that you buy it in the presence of these seated here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, do so. But if you will not, tell me, so I will know. For no one has the right to do it except you, and I am next in line. I will redeem it, he said. Then Boaz said, on the day you buy the land from Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite the dead man's widow, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. At this, the guardian redeemer said, then I cannot redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it yourself. I cannot do it. Now in earlier times in Israel, for the redeemer and for the redemption and transfer of property to become final, one party took off his sandal and gave it to the other. This was the method of legalizing transactions in Israel. So the guardian redeemer said to Boaz, buy it yourself, and he removed his sandal. Then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, today you are witnesses that I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Malon. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabite, Malon's widow, as my wife, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property so his name will not disappear from among his family or from his hometown. Today you are witnesses. Then the elders and all the people at the gate said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the family of Israel. May you have standing in Ephrath and be famous in Bethlehem through the offspring the Lord gives you by his young by this young woman. May your family be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. When he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous through Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. Your, for your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The women lived there, living there said, Naomi has a son, 
and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. This, then, is the family line of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Aminadab, Aminadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, Boaz the father of Obed, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, Good morning, everyone, and thank you, Nimra, as well, especially all those names at the end. Thank you. Uh, Should we just pray? Dear Lord, I'm sure for all of us, there's a lot on our minds, but pray, Lord, now that as we look at your word, that you would still our hearts and help us, Lord, to focus on you, our Redeemer. Amen. I wonder, have any of you ever traced your family tree? to find out maybe who your ancestors are. Anyone got anyone, I wonder, anyone famous or interesting stories you found out? Maybe later in Rock Cafe, you can uh, share it among others. It's actually become a huge trend, a real boom in trying to find out your family tree and your genealogy, particularly with lockdown and also with the rise of the internet. It's much easier to do. And of course, it's been made very popular by the BBC television series, Who Do You Think You Are?, now on its 18th series. For those of you who've never watched, what happens is they take a celebrity and they go through and find out who his ancestors were, what his family tree was, what his family history was. And there have been some very interesting um, stories found out, some very interesting ancestors. The EastEnders actor Danny Dyer, quite a cockney, is descended from King Edward III. And the comedian Josh Widdicombe was found to be descended from the child of Mary Boleyn and King Henry VIII. But sometimes, of course, it may also cause disappointment. From one of the earlier series, the actor John Hurt was very sure, very proud of his Irish heritage. His Irish heritage came from a great-grandmother who was the illegitimate daughter of the Marquis of Sligo. Or so he thought the programme found out that it was a completely made-up story, that in fact she was just the daughter of a humble clerk. And rather than being from Ireland, well, she wasn't from Ireland at all. In fact, worse than that, she was from Croydon. (laughs) But I wonder what the fascination is with tracing our family story. Is it some desire to find out maybe who we are? Is there some aspect of who we are that we can think, oh, that makes sense, I can trace it to people in my history? What is my story, my history? Well, such fascination is not actually that modern. We find it throughout Scripture. In fact, in the Old Testament, there are many genealogies. And at the end of our story, the passage read to us just now, there was a list going from a guy called Perez through to King David. And it shows that these two main characters of our story, Ruth and Boaz, that their great-grandson would be King David. David of Goliath fame, seen by Israel as their greatest king. And later on, we find even in the New Testament, the very first chapter of the New Testament in Matthew is a genealogy showing us how we go from Abraham through to King David and down to Jesus. That in fact, 
for Ruth and Boaz, their great, 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 whatever, grandson, is Jesus Christ. That this story was important, but why? What links it? What is so important about and why this desire to have their family story, their genealogy? Well, I think there's a theme that runs through that storyline, through Ruth and Boaz, through King David, through Jesus. And it's this theme that we see in our story this morning, the theme we've been thinking about through this service, the theme of redeemer or redemption. We see it in this character of the guardian redeemer, that all through history, God has wanted to redeem his people and has promised to redeem his people. And that is fulfilled in Jesus Christ, who came as a ransom for many to redeem his people, to redeem us. And just in the story of Ruth and Naomi and Boaz, so Jesus and God wants to redeem us too through Jesus. But you may be thinking, well, what do I mean by redemption or the word redeem? What does it mean? In modern terms, it, it's quite an odd phrase, isn't it? We maybe use it to exchange something. So you might say, I redeem a voucher for some cash. We might say, uh, so it sort of offsets something that wasn't so great. So, you know, I watched the rugby game yesterday. It was a poor game, but it was redeemed by the performance of whoever. Well, I didn't manage to catch the game, but I'm sure you can fill in the blank. Maybe it was a film we watched, redeemed by his performance. But in the Old Testament, the term to redeem or redemption had a much wider and deeper meaning. And that's relevant for our story this morning. In particular, this idea of the guardian redeemer. So in the Old Testament, they had two particular laws that are relevant. One was this, that if someone fell into difficult times, maybe they had to sell the land that they needed to live on. Maybe they even sold themselves into slavery. Then a close relative who had the means had a duty to redeem them, to buy them back, to restore them to the position they were, to restore them to freedom and to have the land again that they could sustain them. And that relative would then be called their guardian redeemer, the person who restored their position and brought them freedom. There was also another law that if a man married and died without a child, then if that man had a younger brother, then that younger brother would marry the widow to preserve the man's name and his property, but also to ensure that the widow is protected and supported. Now, I'm sure to modern ears it sounds a bit unusual and to marry your brother's widow, but actually, in the community of their day, it was a way of ensuring that the widow was supported and redeemed as part of God's people. Again, that theme of redemption and redeeming, restoring, protecting, guarding, redemption about freedom, renewal, of being part of God's people. And so that's the context behind the story we had from Ruth chapter 4, as we come to the end of this book of Ruth. Now, for those of you who maybe haven't been here the past few weeks, just a quick recap of the story. Naomi and uh, Ruth had returned from Moab. Ruth is, her, is Naomi's daughter-in-law and a Moabite. And Naomi has returned in desperate straits. She has nothing. She's lost her husband and lost her two sons. She says, call me bitter to the people in Bethlehem. But Ruth 
seeing how desperate they are, she goes out to try and find food, getting it from the edges of the fields. And she happens to go to the field of a man called Boaz, who is very generous, but also happens to be a close relative. To cut a story short, uh, Naomi then thinks, actually, this Boaz is a close relative, so she arranges for Ruth to ask Boaz to marry her. And Boaz very happily agrees. But like in any good romantic story, there is an obstacle. And we find out this at the end of chapter 3. Normally, the obstacle is some other man or woman. Well, in this case, it is another man, but not in the way we think. It's that there is another closer relative who has the right to redeem Naomi and Ruth. But Boaz promises at the end of chapter 3, I'll get this sorted. And so at the start of our reading, Boaz goes immediately that morning down to the town gate and he meets up with this other closer relative, this guardian redeemer. We don't know his name. In Hebrew, it actually translates as Mr. So-and-so. So Boaz mentions to Mr. So-and-so, he says, look, Naomi's returned. He gets a crowd together as well and says, there's land to be redeemed and you have first divs on it. Mr. So-and-so looks like he thinks, hmm, it's always good to have a bit more property, a bit of land. And so he agrees. But then Boaz adds another condition. He says, well, you then also need to marry Ruth to maintain the name of Naomi's family. Suddenly, Mr. So-and-so is not so sure. We don't know why particularly. Looks like he doesn't want to endanger his wealth, his inheritance. Someone else to look after, maybe. A bit complicated. No can do, he says. So then he passes on the baton of guardian redeemer, or sandal in this case, to Boaz. Boaz is now the guardian redeemer. Something tells me that Boaz knew this exactly what would happen. So immediately, he then declares he will marry Ruth, and we have the happy ending to our story. It sees even the elders and the crowds among them are delighted praying and praising Boaz, Ruth, and Naomi. So that's the story. Now, you may be suddenly thinking, just a sec, this seems like a group of men deciding the fate of Ruth and the marriage fate of her. It all looks a bit sort of, I mean, to modern eyes, hmm, not great. I think we're going to be slightly careful. The story is, is a shortened version in some ways. There's probably more that went on. It's very interesting that in this story, that the views and the opinions of Ruth and Naomi actually are very clearly represented in the decisions that are made. And in fact, what we see is, yes, there is this law about a guardian redeemer, about protecting and redeeming the people from desperate times. But here, we see that overarching it is a love and concern for Naomi and Ruth, shown by Boaz, that they're acting for their best interests, to ensure that they're redeemed. What we see throughout this story is God acting through Boaz to redeem Naomi and Ruth, to restore them to who they were, to to allow them to have hope and future. God uses the situation to redeem his people. We see it, don't we? Naomi, she come to Bethlehem bitter and in despair, now restored through Boaz and also the love of Ruth. And with the birth of a son, in verse 15, the women declare, 
This son will renew her life, sustain her in old age. She's restored, full of joy and given hope and future. But not just Naomi. Look at Ruth. Ruth loyally followed Naomi into a foreign land, but also faced struggles to be accepted. It was often in a very vulnerable position, struggling to find food, unsure what life held for her. Now too redeemed, found love, security, and praised and accepted by those around her. At the end, the women say to Naomi that Ruth is better than seven sons. Seven in those days was the sort of ideal number of sons. Sounds a bit hard work to me, but there you go. And what of Boaz himself, the Boaz who God uses to act as redeemer? And actually, I think he too has been blessed and redeemed. The story doesn't tell us too much about Boaz's Boaz's situation. But what we do know is that he's found in Ruth someone who who he admires and who has chosen to love him, who has given him a sense of love and affirmation. The people later pray that through Ruth, Boaz will have family and be highly regarded. He too has been blessed. This is a story throughout all four chapters, but comes to conclusion in this chapter of redemption, of God redeeming, restoring, transforming these three individuals through each other. So they found freedom, renewal, love, acceptance, hope, future. This book of Ruth, set in a turbulent time of war and invasion of conflict. When we learn in the book of Judges, which was the time it was set, people did as they chose. Here God is still in the redemption business, wanting to see people restored to who he made them to be, bring them love, purpose, and hope. This is this wonderful story, but what does it mean for us What about us? Well, actually, this story of redemption, God redeeming his people, runs through all the generations, runs through that genealogy. We see it in the book of Isaiah, as Natasha brought us, when he says, this is what the Lord says, I've redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Promises Isaiah made fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus came to redeem us through his death on the cross to free us from the wrong things in our life that cut us off from God and allow us to be forgiven people, redeem people who can know God for ourselves, transform us from a life with no meaning or purpose to following God with future and hope, restoring us to who God made us to be. So much so that Paul wrote these words in his letter to the Galatians. God sent his son, Jesus, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. What wonderful news. This is what redemption is. Paul's saying, look, we all need to be redeemed. 
Because when we compare ourselves to God's law and God's standards, then actually we know in our heart we fall short. But through Jesus and his death on the cross, God forgives us, redeems us, and through the Holy Spirit in our hearts, enables us to live for God, to know God as part of his family, to be his sons and heirs, to inherit his blessings. God calls each one of us here to make that step of faith, to decide to follow him, to be redeemed. And then day to day, to work out that redemption in our lives as God seeks to restore and transform us to who he made us to be, bring us close to him and use us to redeem others too, just as we see in this story of Naomi and Ruth and Boaz. Each character coming in a different way, but God working in their lives, redeeming and blessing them. So I wonder... Where is God looking to redeem you now? Where are you coming? What is your situation? Maybe you, when you look at this story, maybe there's someone you associate with. Maybe you look at Naomi and think, yeah, life's tough. Maybe like Naomi, you feel a sense of despair, helplessness, desperation, wondering where is God? Well, like Naomi, We can trust in a God who loves to redeem us, a God who wants to renew us and show us there is hope and future, even when it seems so difficult and desperate. That God wants to redeem his people, that he will redeem us. But it may be through even unexpected ways, even in Naomi's case, a daughter-in-law, but God wants to redeem. Or maybe... We come and think, you know, there's something about Ruth that I associate with. Someone we want to be part of God's people, but wondering, do we really belong? Ruth would come as a foreigner and struggle to fit in, not always accepted, feeling a bit different and vulnerable. Well, the story tells us if you're seeking to follow God, then, like Ruth, you fit in, that you are valued by God, that God wants to use you to bring you blessings and to bless others, just as he did with Ruth. The story of encouragement, of affirmation. Or maybe you come this morning feeling actually a bit like Boaz. Maybe life's not been too bad. But actually you're feeling, am I making a difference to others? Am I doing what Boaz is doing? Well, Boaz here sets a great example. We see in his character Someone who seeks to put God first is generous, courageous, open-hearted, humble. Not always values that the world values. Not sure it's going to win you the apprentice. But actually, they are values that make a difference. Values that follow Jesus, our Savior. Because when we are generous and humble and open-hearted, We're open to God using us to bless others and so bless ourselves, just as he did with Boaz. So maybe God is calling you to be like a Boaz, maybe generous, maybe what you can give to support the work that's done here. Maybe there's a new opportunity you're seeing and you're talking with someone, think that's something God's calling me to. 
Because just as we give and are generous in our time or money or whatever, then God blesses us enormously back, just as he did with Boaz. Whatever character you associate with, we have a God who wants to redeem us and wants to use us to bless others too. Because we talked earlier, didn't we, about the idea of the family history, the family story, the family tree, of trying to find out who we are. Well, if we are people who follow Christ, then we are part of God's family. And our family tree goes through to Jesus and through to Ruth and Boaz and Naomi. They are part of our family. They are part of our story, part of our history. And what does it tell us about who we are? Well, it tells like them, we are people loved and redeemed by God through Jesus Christ. That God calls us to live with God as God is our guardian redeemer, protecting us, guiding us, restoring us to who he made us to be. That like Naomi and Ruth, we can trust in a God, whatever it seems, that God will restore and transform us. Like Boaz, God calling us to be people open, generous, to be used by, other, by, by God to help others. This is a wonderful story because in a time of war, unrest, of darkness and fear, in this story, God was working through his people, working through Ruth and Naomi and Boaz to bring them a life of love and joy and peace. As we come this morning in not a dissimilar situation of uncertainty and conflict. But let's look again to a God who continues to redeem his people, redeems us, wanting to bring us love and joy and peace and to share that love and joy and peace with others. God, our Redeemer. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week.